right, how are we doing? Good, good. If you have your Bibles, grab those. Matthew 28, um, a bunch of different scriptures will be in this morning to, to get us where we'll, we'll be at fully this morning. But um, Matthew 28 is where we'll start. Uh, and, and last week we just looked at the call to fulfill uh, the desire to be of being a Jesus follower. And a lot of really what we looked at there in Luke 9 was just this simple thought, deny self and die, deny self and die. To be a follower of Jesus means to deny self, tell myself no, and then to follow after and go after Jesus with everything in me. Um, and so we just, we, we talked about that in depth. And uh, that's what it means to be a, a believer. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Not about me, not about me, not about me. Dead, dead to the things of this world, dead to the longings of the flesh, dead, dead to those, uh, those type of things that will uh, draw me away, that will, will cause me to uh, stop pursuing after, after Jesus and um, and so what we're, what we're going to do as a result of just where we're at as a church and a result of, of that scripture is we're just going to look again uh, at, a, at what we believe and who we are and, and what we believe God has called us to do in our community, uh, in, in this area, and as, as his church. And so that's what our, our fall series is going to be. It's going to be about following Jesus. It's going to be about uh, being a disciple. It's going to be about looking at our uh, vision and mission and, and how to live that out, how to walk that out, and um, how to, uh, to just to get... Get, get focused back in on. There, it's so easy to just drift. It's so easy to kind of just get complacent. It's so easy just to, to kind of just fall in a rut. And so my heart and hope is that throughout uh, this fall series, we will be able to um, man, just be ignited again, be, be able to just, just to see uh, what it is that God has called us to as his people, as his church, and then to uh, just to run after that with an abandonment, just to go full in, full after, uh, and, and be obedient to uh, what he has called us to be and do. And so I'm going to ask you this morning if you'd join me one more time as we, as we pray, and then we will uh, we'll jump in. Father, we love you. We need you. Jesus, I just pray, uh, God, that you would speak to our heart. Father, God, that your Holy Spirit would convict and draw, and God, that you would do a work in this place this morning uh, by way of your word. Uh, Father, my heart and my hope is that there's not guilt tripping, there's not uh, any of those type of things uh, uh, that would take place, but that it would just be full-on uh, encouragement and conviction from your Holy Spirit. God, it doesn't matter what I say, it matters what you say. And, and so, Father, through that and in that, we just ask that you would speak. God, that you would speak through your word, that you would just use this time as, uh, as you've laid things on my heart, that they would be from you and for you and for our good and your glory, and that you would... Uh, just draw us all the closer. Father, we believe that you are the place we find life. And so, Father, we want to press in, uh, and, and we want to walk with, and we, we just want to, to, to follow out what you've called us to be about. We want to do what you've commissioned and called us to do. So, Jesus, help us this morning. God, help me this morning in this place as I read and look at your scripture to, to, to faithfully obey Father, help us be serious about. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning what we're going to look at is we're going to look at um, uh, just, just one of our core values, uh, who, who we are. And a core value is just simply one of those values that we uphold uh, near and dear that we, uh, that, that we raise up to say, hey, this helps us live out our vision and mission. This helps us accomplish and be who God has called us uh, to be. And so uh, our, our core value is share. 
very simple, just one word, share. We believe that God has called us as his people, his church, to share. Now, the thing is this. We, we share stuff, don't we? I mean, I mean, probably some of us share way too much stuff sometimes, um, which I am guilty of if you've ever sat down and talked with me. Um, it's never just like a, just a few minutes, like synopsis of. It's kind of like, Mary's like, Scott, are you, when's the story end? And I'm like, baby, I don't know. How long have I been going? And so it's like, like so we, we, we share stuff in conversations. We share stuff in our life. We share stuff uh, on social media. We share a ton of stuff. My question is, is the stuff that we're sharing stuff that is of any value? And maybe it's valuable, but is it stuff of the utmost value? Is, is the stuff that we share, things that we share, things that will have an eternal impact in the scope of life, in the scope of reality. Uh, what are we sharing that really matters? Uh, what is the weight of what we're sharing? And so uh, I want to look at Matthew 28 as, as we'll see here uh, in this, something that Jesus says that will, will help, help you maybe better understand why I believe one of our core values, why we went with the route of, of share. So Matthew 28, 19, uh, we're just going to look at the first few words. It says this, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And so this is a command from Jesus just before he ascends to heaven, just before he goes back to heaven. He's, he's been crucified. He has risen again. And now he's showing himself with his disciples, and he's in the upper room with his disciples. And this is some of the last conversation that Jesus has. And, and he tells them this command to go. And there's this little word there, therefore, in this verse that points back uh, to the previous verse that's going to give us uh, the, reason, the reason why he says this. And, and the reason why he would say this or command this is because he tells his disciples and us today that all authority has been given to him. All authority has been given to him. And so uh, on he in heaven and on earth, he has all authority. He can say, act, and do as he pleases. And the reason why he can do that is because when you're alive and then you die and then you come back to life, uh, there's something going on there. Uh, something uh, major has just happened and taken place and something big has transpired as a result of that. Uh, and what makes it even more interesting is that Jesus says this would happen. And, and like, I'm not talking about like he was like out for like, like 30 seconds and they were doing compressions and they brought it back. Like I'm talking about like dead, dead, like three days in the grave, dead. And he comes back from that to rule and to reign is what he, he says. And so you better believe if you can do that, then you have all authority everywhere, anywhere. Because what we know is if you can do that, then you are God because that's who Jesus claimed to be. Jesus claimed to be God in the flesh. And so whenever you can rule and reign over life and death, you have the ability to say and do as you see fit. And so this is the authority by which he, he speaks. As God in the flesh, as God uh, is how he speaks and he tells and he shares this with his disciples. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive into this over the next three months as we kind of work out and work through. Uh, but, but this morning what I want to do is I want to look at the making part. I want to talk about this, this thought of making disciples. And I want to focus in on that aspect that I've already shared with you uh, of our core value of share. Because I believe, we believe that one of the ways that we make disciples is by sharing the gospel. It is by telling people of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because we believe that the greatest need in everybody's life is that of Jesus. Those of us in this room, the greatest need that we have in our life that is present right now, even in this moment, is relationship with Jesus. It is to be made right before God. And the way that that happens is in relationship with Jesus. 
Faith in Jesus. We don't need more likes. We don't need more followers. We don't need more money, more hobbies, more time, uh, more groups to join. We don't need promotions at work. We don't need, we don't need more cards. We don't need more stuff. What we need, the greatest need in our life is that of Jesus. Every single one of us in this room who are born again, your greatest need today is Jesus. Everyone on planet earth this morning, their greatest need is that of Jesus. They need relationship with Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to live out glad obedience to Jesus, to be filled by Christ. That is the greatest need in every heart everywhere. And so we believe that it's our calling to share, to take and to share the gospel. That's what we've been commissioned to do. And the first aspect of being a disciple is that you've got to be a believer. You've got to be a part of him. And so the way that that happens is through the gospel. The gospel awakens the heart. It makes us aware of our great need for Jesus. And so we've been commissioned and called to go make disciples. And the way that we do that is by telling people the truth. By telling the people the truth of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished and done by way of the cross. That's what we're called to do. And the way that we do that is through love. Grace, mercy, because for us as believers, we understand things differently, don't we? Our eyes and our heart have been opened to a greater reality that's present. We have seen and been made aware of things at a deeper level. We understand now what we had no clue of. Though we understand a little, we see it different. We know it different. So when we talk of Jesus, it's different for us as believers. We know fully who he is because we've been rescued and redeemed by him. The Holy Spirit has drawn us, and as he draws us, he awakens our heart to that reality of our need for him, of us being lost and and sinful and wicked and an enemy of God. And as a result of that, when he he saves us and awakens our heart to that reality, and we, we, through faith, enter into relationship with Jesus, we see things differently, we understand things differently. And so we want to share with mercy and grace, with love and with compassion. I don't know why, but it's almost one of those things that, uh, that when you talk about, like, uh, about Christians and about the world, it's like there's this big war that goes on, or, or we don't like them, or we can't say, no, 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 we love them. We love the world. Our fight and our battle is not with people. That's what the scriptures teach, that, that, that my ba- like, like nobody's my enemy. I mean, I've got an enemy. He's a roaring lion prowling around looking to whom he can devour is what the scriptures teach. But it's nobody in the world. It's no physical person. It's, it's, it's Satan. That's who it is. The ruler of darkness. That's who it is. But it's not my next door neighbor because he doesn't like the way that I cut my grass or the, uh, he's turned me into the HOA twice. Or he's, it's not that person or my coworker who uh, I just can't stand or I just can't get over or he just uh, it frustrates me. or It's none of those people that are my enemy. Don't fight flesh and blood is what Scripture teaches. My heart is broken and moved toward. That's what happens whenever I come across or, 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 or I'm able to assess or see if someone appears to be a believer or not, appears to be a fellow brother or sister in Christ. My battle's not with people. My battle is with something far greater, far more worse than that. And I think that's where the compassion needs to lie in our heart. Because for those of us in the room who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we've all came the same way. And it's through faith in Christ and his finished work on the cross. 
That, that's how we, we have come. We, we were in the same boat and same place as every other person that is lost and undone in this world. We were once dead. We were once lost. We were once wicked, rebellious, our own God. All of those words that could be used to describe uh, the lost world. And, and no matter how nice and sweet and well-intentioned that we may be, apart from Christ, we are a sinner which makes us an enemy of God in great, great need to be made right with God. And the only way that that happens is in a relationship with Jesus Christ, with faith in Christ. And so one of the reasons why, I mean, I just love the Scriptures, one of the reasons that it, uh, it just draws me to it all the more is, is, is that the, the Bible doesn't sugarcoat things. Like, have you, no, have you noticed that? Like the Bible, the Bible, like, like if you, you would think it would maybe be like a little easier on some stuff. It may kind of pull back on some things. It, it would kind of uh, 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 go about stuff in different ways, but it doesn't, does it? Uh, the scriptures just lay it out there. Uh, the, the Bible just tells us, and what, that's what I love about it, is it tells us the truth. It, it tells us the truth about us. It, it's a truth that we know and we feel, right? Uh, like, like we know that we we know that we have issues. Like, like if it told us how awesome and how great and how mighty we are, all the while knowing good and well in our heart that we're not, that we have struggles, that we have hang-ups, that we have issues, that I just can't seem to kick this thing, and I'm 40 years old now almost, and I just, how in the world am I struggling with that? But if it told me, like culture does, of how awesome and great I am, and man, you got this, and you're knocking it out of the park when I'm not, what would that do? How would that make me feel toward the Scriptures or toward, toward Jesus? But it's not the case. The Scripture outs us is what it does. The, the Scriptures help us see a, a true reality of what's taking place and what's going on. So, so I don't know about you, but, but as I hear of what happened in Morocco, as I, I learn of things like that, yeah, I'm, I'm broken too and I'm frustrated too. But what I have to come back to is the Scriptures. Because that's the question that's always raised, right? Like, if God was loving, if God was good, if God was gracious, if God, then why did he not? When he very well could have, right? If, if you're over life and death, you're over uh, 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 nature and you're over the things that happen in the world, then why did he not? And we sing songs that he's good, that he's mighty, that he's loving, that he's... That doesn't seem very loving. And I would rightfully agree. But I'm a guy that's bound by, that's limited to, that has a limited understanding of. But I am a guy that has the scriptures. I am a guy that's been awakened to the reality of who God is. And I am a guy who, who has a better understanding of what's happening in our world. And the understanding is this, is that we live in a fallen, broken world. So the intention was never for it to be like that, but because uh, sin enters the world, it breaks and it fractures everything. So we have a world that's falling apart, a world that's, that, that is groaning at its very core. That's what we have. So that's why we have uh, hurricanes. That's why we have uh, uh, um, tornadoes. That's why we have all of these things, earthquakes that happen and take place. Is because the world is not like it's supposed to be. And as a result of sin entering the world, this is what happens. And what breaks my heart is that there's over 2,000 people who have probably crossed into eternity not knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Which means they spend eternity separated from God. Because of their rebellion, their wickedness, their sinfulness. And church, it's our responsibility to share. We're at fault for not going and not telling. We're, we have been commissioned with 
to go and tell and share the good news of Jesus. That's what should break our heart. That's what should crush us. That's what should fire us up, is that there are ears that need to hear and hearts that need to believe. And God is, 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 is working and doing in the midst of that. And it's our call to go and tell. He's going to save and he's going to rescue. But why are we not sharing? Why are we not telling? We've been commissioned to right here out of, out of the gate in Matthew 28. So one of the things I love about the scriptures is that it, it tells us this. It, it gives us a better understanding of what's happening in our world, why we're in the, uh, uh, the place that we're in, why things happen the way that they happen. And though I may not understand and get it fully, I can rest assured that there is a God who cares and who's in control and who's always going to tell us the truth about us and about the situation. But see, that's the thing that culture does not do, does it? Culture tells us how great we are, how much we deserve, how much we've earned, what we should have. Culture, culture goes at us and it's, and it's in complete opposition of that we should do things that make us feel better about us, that, that, that we, we, we should be entitled to, that we should boast about all of those type of things. And where, where the rub is is that we know no matter even as, as a lost world, we know that the rub is there, that there's something just doesn't make sense about that. Something that just doesn't add up. And that's where the gospel comes in. That's where our calling to go and share and to tell the truth and proclaim what is right to a broken, fallen world. And so, so Romans 3.23, it's not going to be on the screen, just, just, just listen here. Romans 3.23 says this, it says, um, for all have sinned. So again, right there, right out of the gate, what Scripture does is it, is it, is it puts us in a category. Every single category. For all have sinned. Who sinned? What does all mean? Everybody, right? Outside of Jesus Christ, everybody is born a sinner. Other than Adam and Eve, and then they choose to sin and bring sin into the world. But, but, but outside of that realm, you and I in this room, born into this world, are born sinful and wicked. And what Romans tells us is that we're all guilty of this. And the thing where we like to kind of side, sidestep and kind of skirt the issue of, okay, okay, Scott, but yeah, but, but what kind of sin? Okay, for all of sin, yeah, I get that, I see that, I know that. But my sin's really not that bad. No, your sin is horrific, and it causes Jesus to go to the cross every time. So, so you're looking white lie to your cheating to your uh, saying stuff about gossiping or to, to even overeating gluttony I believe it's called puts Jesus Christ on the cross down to physical murder adultery you, you, whatever you want to go whatever road you want to go down the seriousness of sin has God on a cross for us that's how much he despises sin is that he dies for it he can't stand it. And the only way to rescue and redeem us and to put us in right relationship with him is for Jesus to die. And so when we read sin, sometimes we kind of dance around it or we kind of, okay, well, it's little sins, all of that stuff. But, but, but what this means here in the book of Romans, sin is an, an archery term. And, and sin here means blatantly missing the mark. And so normally what we'll do is we'll kind of have like a little target over here and we'll uh, have our bow and arrow, which represents sin, and it's missing the mark. It's like I'm shooting at the, and we'll, we'll kind of have ourselves like shoot at that target. But the problem with that illustration and image is, is that that's not what that means. 
Because it's like, oh, I just nicked it. I almost hit it. I'm, I'm, I don't know. The picture of missing the mark is here's the target, but me with the bow, I'm shooting everywhere else. I don't even care what the target is. I don't even care what the standard that God has set is. Uh, my concern is about everything else. I'm going to go after this. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to run toward that. I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to uh, do, do this out here. I'm going to shoot after everything else. Not caring about the target that's been set for us. And so that's the picture that's been painted here for all. That, that's all of us. Every single one of us have, have sinned. And then it goes on to say, fallen short of the glory of God. Again, that's what I love about the scripture. It, just, it, it tells us the truth about us. So every single one of us in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It, it means that none of us are, are good and okay on our own. That, that we are in need of someone to step in, rescue and redeem and save. That we're all struggling. That we're all stained by sin and sinful. Scripture even goes so far as to say that even on our best day, we fall woefully short. That our righteousness is like filthy rags. That we fall woefully short even on our best day. And so this is what we know and what we understand. This is why those of us in this room who are believers, who are followers of Jesus, should be the most compassionate, caring, gracious people on the planet. Because we recognize and understand and know what God has rescued and redeemed and saved us from. We all come to God the same way, and it's through faith in Christ. And, and he has reached down and he has rescued and redeemed all of us because of his sacrifice from our sin and our rebellion. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what we've been com uh, commissioned to go and share. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then in Romans 6, 23, after, after that's been said about us, and after we understand that, we get to see the consequences here in Romans 6, 23. So, so we've all sinned, and we're, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we're all uh, helpless and hopeless apart from him. Uh, and then he says this, uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans 6, 23, he says, for the wages, wages is an earning. Wages is the payment that's going to be due. For, for the wages of sin, that blatant rebellion, that missing the mark uh, uh, against God, that's what it is. The wages, what's earned, uh, and the payment that is due as a result of our sin is this, is death, is what he says. Is death. And, and we know death to kind of come in two, uh, two, two ways. And the first way is, is physical death. Uh, like, we see that, we know that. We've had uh, loved ones that we've lost. We've, we've attended funerals. We've, uh, we, death is awful. Death is an enemy. We hate death. Death is physical and real. We drive by graveyards and we see that. We know that. We felt that. We've lost. It hurts. It's awful. So one part of death, and then there's the spiritual death. That separation. That, that being dead to Christ that's there. That, that, that lostness. That part of, of the wage that we'll be uh, having to pay. We'll have to give an account. And apart from Christ, we'll have to do that on our own. But for those of us that are in Christ, that's who we'll claim to. That's who we'll, we'll, we'll cling to. The wages of sin is death. Yeah, we know the physical, we feel it, but the spiritual separation is there as well. The, the, the spiritual death is there, there as well. 
We're not alive in Him. We're not walking in Him. We see that, we feel that, we experience that. And that's where we kind of get this wonky system that's out there, right? Okay, okay, spirit, spiritual death, yeah, but, but, but there's, there's got to be more to it than just believing in Jesus. I've done a lot of good things, but your good things is what you've got to understand. And I don't care how many good things that you've done in your lostness, you're doing it for self. But no, I really love people. You may really love people. There's, there's, there's this brokenness in you. This bent in you towards self and self-glorification and to feel better about self and to, and to even try to stack the deck on your behalf. It's sinful. As if like we can pay God off or we can, uh, uh, um, we, we can bring, bring something to the table to negotiate with. That's what's beautiful news about the gospel is that it's a free gift. That's what we see here. That's what he's going to talk about next. That's what's, that's what's amazing about grace. And it's not based on your merit. You have nothing to offer or do with it. He has done it all. I don't care how, you don't have to be good because you can't. You are of no good apart from Him. You are wicked and separated. That's what the Scriptures teach. For the wages of sin, death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's the gift that He offers through His Son, Jesus, is eternal life. That we can be made right, that we can come to life in Him in Christ Jesus our Lord. By making him our Lord through faith. Believing in his work on the cross. That, that, that his sacrifice satisfies and appeases God. That the payment for us is Jesus' blood. The one who did nothing to deserve. Gives everything to appease. So... That's the gift of God, eternal life in Christ. That's offered. And so Paul has a heart and a desire for this, so much so. He feels that the responsibility just, just to share with everyone that he can, to talk to everyone that he can about this. I mean, there's just this longing within him. Look with me at Romans 1 real fast. Romans 1, 14. This is what the Apostle Paul says. This is what he says in Romans 1.14. He says, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Paul says here, like, I feel this responsibility. He, he, he feels the weight of everything that I've just shared. He, he understands what God has rescued him from. He, he, he feels the weight of that. He knows, he knows that. He, he, he senses that. He's been awakened to. He sees things differently now as a result of being in Jesus. Because going from death to life changes a person. You know what I'm saying? Like going from death to life really changes you. It, it, it does a, a, a massive work in your heart and in your life. And so he feels this weight, this responsibility to share the gospel to all people everywhere. No, no matter what their background is, no matter uh, what he has in common, no matter if they like him or don't like him, uh, no, no matter if they're smart or not smart, no, no matter where they're at on the spectrum of anything. Paul feels this, this calling and this weight that, that he's so much so he's indebted to, that he has to, he has to pay this off to, uh, to, to get this off of him, to, 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 to take and to share and to cast this. And he says this in verse 15, So as much as in me, I am ready to preach. 
He says, with everything in me, all that I am, I am ready to preach. Now, now you need to, need to think of preaching in a different way and not like what's taking place in this room right now. It's not a lecture and it's not a church service. It's not some, some nice chairs and, and a podium and, and, and things like that. And you get your crowd together. and that, No, 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 no. Preach here means to proclaim. It, it means to tell the truth. The truth being the gospel. That's, that's what he's ready to do. I am ready, this, this, this debt that he has, that he's incurred uh, uh, to, to take and to share is to preach and proclaim the gospel to you who are in Rome also. So Paul has this desire to tell of the glorious news of Jesus Christ to any and everybody. He feels the weight of that to proclaim and let people know of this Jesus who has rescued and saved him. He has such a great desire to share, to, to share and to tell, to let people know. It's this consuming desire of the gospel. And so the gospel is outlined in 1 Corinthians 15. And it's exactly like what I've, what I've said and what I've shared with you thus far this morning. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1, he, he talks about that. He says this, that the first component of the gospel is that Christ died for our sins there in verse 3. According with the scriptures, that Christ has died for our sins, that, that two, that he was buried, and three, that he was raised on the third day according with the scriptures. That's the simplicity of the gospel, that, that Jesus has died for our sin, that he made him who knew no to become on our behalf for us. That's the beginning of the gospel. Man, we're separated, we're sinful, we're going our own way. But God steps in through His Son Jesus and He goes to the cross and He dies for our sin. And then He's buried, so He is dead. And then He raises again on the third day. That's what Paul was so consumed by. That's what Paul wanted to share and tell every opportunity, every conversation, anything that he could get out and let people know the glorious hope that he had within him was to share about Jesus. And, and then look at what Paul does not feel because our culture and our world wants us to feel this. And I don't know about you, but, but like I've, I've felt this in, in my life at times. And, and this is what Paul says, we don't need, we don't need to feel this. There's no need to, to feel this way. He says, for I am not ashamed uh, a sh shame here is just painful feelings of humiliation or distress. Kind of the pain of, of being humiliated or distressed there caused by a consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So to share the gospel is not wrong. To share the gospel is not foolish behavior. It's quite the opposite. And I know what the world presses on us. The world wants us to, to feel that. The world wants us to, uh, to be labeled as certain things because we, we share that and we tell that. And they do that to, to shut us up. It comes down the pike to, to get us to be quiet, to stop. Because, man, are we not living in a day that everybody is so easily offended? Are we not living in a day where, where, where you just look at somebody wrong and you have offended? Who are you judge me? I, I saw how you, you just looked at me like, yeah, you, you right, yeah, I know, I know what you were thinking. You don't know what you're thinking, but I know what you were thinking. Let me tell you what you were thinking because it offended me. Even though you didn't say it, I, I, I can just, I can, t I've seen it look like that before. I mean, is that not the world in the day that we live in? 
And, and, and especially if we stand up for anything that's right or anything that's truth outside of what they believe uh, a relevant truth for them is. I mean, then, then we're bombarded even more. I mean, they, they are so easily, the world is so easily offended and upset by anything that goes against, against their feelings or, or their truth. Or their, I mean, shucks, we in the church are easily offended, are we not? I mean, we can get, I don't know if I can say panties in a wad, but we can get, um, well, I just said it, didn't I? Well, if I should have kept that in there. Um, I mean, my goodness, I mean, we're no different. Oh, I know, that, that post had to be about me. That look that I didn't see them look at, but somebody else saw them look in my general direction and told me, thank you, friend. Now, I'm offended and mad and upset, and we never approach, we never walk out life together, do we? We never care enough to really go to the source to see what's happening, what's really took place, what's really going on. I mean, we, we can get upset at the world for being so easily offended, but gum, we're the same way. I mean, it doesn't take much. I bet he, he formed this whole talk around me, didn't he? I bet. Or he didn't look at me this week and shake my hand. Or he shook my hand too many times this week. I can't believe it. I mean, we're just so easily. And especially, especially if we start to share truth or if we start to, I mean, to lovingly just, just ask questions. And our feelings just are out in front and lead us. And we've got to guard against that. We've got to be careful. That's exactly where the world wants us. That's exactly how the world wants us to follow. Easily offended, easily upset. They don't care about your feelings. He, Jesus doesn't care about your feelings. And so the moment a believer disagrees with a certain way of thinking, man, we, we bear the label of judgmental or bigoted closed-minded, all of those things are labeled toward us. And hear me, rightfully so, because we have done a horrific job of representing Jesus at times. And rightfully so, because we've done a horrible job at sharing the gospel sometimes. We've done a horrible job of living out the gospel sometimes. And we have been judgmental. We have been bigoted. We have been ridiculous to deal with over things that maybe we shouldn't be ridiculous to deal with. So, so I get it. I, I, I'm, yes, that's why I want to always press. It's pertinent we understand how we share the gospel. It's always with a tear in our eye and brokenhearted. And when they say things, we don't, we don't jump back and argue with and fight against, or we, we, we don't start to hit below the belt. No, 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 no. no, no. We know the lost world should act like the lost world. Why? Because they're the lost world. They should say things that we don't say. Why? Because they're not in Christ. They don't have the same standard. They don't have the same way. They don't have the same expectations to live by as we do as followers of Jesus. And so those things may come out and may come our way, but they better not be true. They better not be true. And, and so what I would say is this, is that the gospel is offensive. It is very offensive, and we don't need to be afraid of that. We don't need to try to soften that. We don't need to try to uh, 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 cower down from that. We just need to share it with love, remembering where Jesus got us when he saved us. Remembering where he rescued us from. And we do that with love and grace and mercy. And the reason why I say it's offensive is because who likes to be corrected? Who likes to be called out? Who likes to be told that they're wrong? I don't. 
I mean, I'll say here to the day I die that I want accountability and I want people in my life that are going to do that. And I, want, and I do. I really do deep down in my heart. I do. But in the moment when you do that, I don't like it. And it frustrates and it aggravates and it hits me wrong. And it. But thank God the Holy Spirit and people in my life lovingly do it in a way that honors and pulls me toward him, even in my arguing or fussing or fighting about it or feeling certain ways. And so that's why I say it's just pertinent that we share it with gentleness, with love, with grace, with mercy, and not allow shame. Don't cower down to sharing the gospel, telling the truth, because the gospel brings healing. The gospel brings life. That's what the gospel does. And I love it here in 16. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It is the power of God and to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also the Greek. So the greatest tool that we have in our hands as followers of Jesus Christ is the gospel. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, to draw, to woo, to soften hearts. And then what happens is he's doing that in someone's life, in their heart. And then we come along, and at, at, at a time, we, we share the gospel with someone. And for whatever reason, that time that we share the gospel, it makes sense in their heart. And they turn from their sin, they repent of their sin, and they turn to Jesus in faith. And they believe, and they begin relationship with Christ. And it's not of our doing, but it's of the Holy Spirit working and doing. We've just been commissioned with sharing and telling. But we've been silenced. We've been quiet. We don't share. We hold back out of fear, out of whatever reason. And we sidestep the opportunity to talk about Jesus. We sidestep the opportunity to tell of Jesus. And so in verse 17, he goes on. He says, for in in it, it is the gospel. It says the righteousness of God is revealed. So you want to know how to live right in God. It's through the word. His word is revealed the gospel. Knowing this and understanding and walking in this faithfully and the Holy Spirit working and doing. It's it, for in it, the righteousness of God is made known. It's, it's, it's shown to us. So, so what we know of God is revealed through, uh, through the scriptures. His heart, his nature, his character through the gospel. So when we say, hey, God is mean and God is this and God, we always look to the cross. Because if we're not careful, that kind of thinking will even creep into our heart and our mind. Well, you know what? You're right. He could have stopped it. Oh, I can't believe that happened. I mean, yes. It may, yes, you're right, he is. No, you're wrong. He's not. He's not wrong. We've got the cross. So all, the gospel is before us always. Church, hear me. The gospel is not something that we ever mature past, but that we cling to always, and we visit always. Like, I need the gospel preached to my heart every day. I need to know the gospel, walk out the gospel, believe the gospel, hear the gospel, see the gospel, be in gospel community. I need the gospel in my life just as much now, some 20-something years after coming to faith in Christ, as I did as a little boy on a pew at VBS. I need it before me. I need to be reminded of the love and grace and mercy of God because it's easy to think things that are, that are wrong about God if we forget the cross and the gospel. Because what blows my mind is the fact that he would save and rescue any of us. And you may think more of yourself than I think of myself, but I know me. 
I know the thoughts. I know the patterns. I know the, the, the sin that so easily entangles and the things that draw me away. I, I know that stuff. And I see that stuff and I battle that stuff and I fight that stuff. And God does too. And He still saved me. He still keeps me and He still loves me and He, and, and he still uh, walks out relationship with me. And so we need the gospel not just preached to the world but preached to us. Because that's where the righteousness of God is revealed. And he goes and he says, from faith for faith, as it is written that the righteous shall live by faith. And so those who are in right standing with God, those who are born again, who are saved, who are alive in him, uh, are to live in such a way that just shows that we're people of faith. It shows that we're people of, of his. And we give evidence by our life, by the way that we live, that points to the fact that we belong to God. In the book of James, James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us of that, right? That, that faith is demonstrated how? By action. For, for, for he says that, that with, without, faith without works is what? Dead. And so true faith is lived out. And there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. We're not, we're not perfect. We're in process. But those who belong to Jesus will always be pulled toward, toward God always be pulled toward God. So as the band comes back up to close this out, there's just always been a statistic that just kind of just shook me. And it's one that I, that I read often, that I talk about often, that I share often here in this room. And the statistic that gets me is, one is it says that 90% of believers will die without ever sharing their faith. 90% of believers will die without ever sharing the gospel and telling someone of Jesus. And, and I think of how many posts we put out. I think of how many uh, conversations we have. I think of how many people we run into day to day uh, that we live around, that we see, that we've worked with, that we've went to school with, that we uh, are in, in community with. I, I think about all of those things, all of those things. And to think for those that say that they love Jesus and have been rescued and redeemed uh, was, is to say that he is the greatest desire and longing of your life. And, and to think that 90% will never, ever tell someone else about that. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Because I can think of all the useless, worthless stuff that I've shared in my life. And, and for me not to tell somebody about Jesus and to tell them about anything else in my life, it's just crazy. So, so as, I, as I read, as I, as I studied this week, as I was reminded my own heart of, I mean, just being a follower of Jesus is a call to share and tell. I mean, just the conviction that's there. When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? Now, hear me in that. They may not get saved. They may think we're crazy. They may think all kinds of things. They may entertain us. They may listen. They may, their response is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to tell. How they respond is on them. Because what we know to be true in the Scriptures is that the Holy Spirit is, re is revealing and drawing and wooing and, and, and His heart is to save. He needs us to step up and tell. So, so for me, as, as I've shared before, we, we had our first game yesterday. We won. Yeah, go Eagles. Yeah, thank you, Rex, for that. I appreciate it. God, he's excited for me. So we won our first game, and man, it was good. Y'all, like it was a shutout, 20 nothing. 
And we had some opportunities at the goal line that we blew. We're, we're going to work out on practice this week. They'll run. There'll be discipline. There'll be all this stuff. But great, great, great game yesterday, Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, right? And the thing that just keeps weighing on me and setting on me is this. Man, I've got the opportunity with eight fourth through sixth grade boys that I can teach them to throw a football, catch a football, well, some of them, um, to do some things with football. But if I don't teach them of Jesus, what kind of coach have I been? What kind of bump coach, what kind of follower of Christ have I been? So we did it again yesterday. We, we, we opened up with prayer, pulled them together. We prayed, we prayed for safety, we prayed that God would get glory, we prayed, prayed for them. And so as we continue down the season, and we're looking for opportunities, like, like we're, we're already, like I pulled this guy right here, Will's a part of it, I pulled him in, sucker. And so he's a, um, it's called discipleship, no, uh, but, but he's an assistant with me, and we're getting to, to share with families and care for families and love on these kids. And, and, and man, this guy right here is gospel-driven too. And so, so our hope and our heart is throughout the season is we have opportunity to share and to tell. So it's more than just me getting to coach a team. It's more than us just having a Saturday. Because trust me, there's a lot of other things that I could do on Saturday morning. On a Tuesday night, trying to herd fourth and sixth graders and teach them some football plays. Man, when the gospel is heavy on your heart, and it's who you are. That's who Christ has called us to be. It's to be a mouthpiece for him. And why would we not? Why would I not tell? Why would I not share? That's what we're called to do, share. And so my prayer for us this week has been this, is that God would burden us so heavy like he did the Apostle Paul. That whether you're coaching your kid's team, or whether you're at work, or whether you're going to lunch, or whether you're, oh, whatever it is that you're doing, that the gospel would weigh heavy and be burdensome to you in a good way, that you would, you would feel the weight of that and the responsibility to share and to tell. To share and to tell. Anybody and everybody. So at the beginning of the year, that's a challenge that I had for us, is that we would share the gospel with a thousand people. That, that we would tell of the good news of Jesus Christ with over a thousand people this year. And so one of the things that you'll see out in the lobby is it looks a little different this morning is, is this. This right here was the sweet target that I made of a thousand for us to try to hit. Which we still have a ways to go. But the good news is, is, is that it's only the second week of September. Which means it leaves us a quarter of the year to tell people about Jesus Christ. And so now that this has been taken down, what we have is we have in our lobby a little area where you can drop ping pong balls in now. Because for us as a church, one of our core values is share. And so one of the things that we're going to be serious and intentional about every single year is of sharing the gospel with people, of telling of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we do this to, to, to encourage. We do this to, uh, to keep it before us because I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I know how I am. If it's not in front of me, I'll forget. If it's not something that I can see and it's sometimes tangible that I can touch and get my hands, I'll forget and so our hope is, is that as you go and you share this week, you come back and you, you drop a ping pong ball into that little area over here on the wall as a representation of the gospel being shared. As we'll begin to fill it this week with all of these that are in here, and I'll have a better count of how many we've, we've shared the gospel with. And it's not a way to brag, or it's not a way to, uh, but it's a way to plead with God to, to, to save and to do and to make his heart known in a world that so desperately, desperately needs it. And that God would give us boldness to do it. And so I just want to encourage you this week.
to be a part of that, man, to take and to share and to tell and to feel, feel the weight of the responsibility that God has put on us as his disciples to go and make. So now how do we respond in this moment? What do we do now in this moment? The gospel's been shared. So maybe for you in this room, for the first time you've heard that, the, the Holy Spirit has made you aware of that, and, 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 and you respond. And, and hear me, there's always a response to the gospel. Every, even those of us that are saved today, there's going to be a response that is required for us from hearing the gospel. And so for the heart that doesn't know Jesus as Lord, that response, the, the right good response is, is faith, is salvation. And so maybe this morning you're here and you've heard the gospel And so for you, it'll be coming from death to life. It'll be uh, uh, believing in who Jesus is and what he's accomplished and done on the cross. Or maybe for you here as part of the church, as already one that is saved and alive in Christ, maybe it's conviction. And so conviction is followed by repentance, a running to Jesus and laying down whatever it is that's in your way and being broken over it and repenting. Or, or maybe this morning the response will be this, is for you to share. For you to step up and share and not be a part of the 90%. Not, not be a part of the 90% that will never tell somebody about Jesus. But to step up and begin to pray and to begin to look for opportunity to, to take this gospel and, and tell someone about it. In fact, I would even be as, as bold as to say, well, who, who is that in your life that you need to share the gospel with? And if you haven't identified or you don't know, then what I would encourage you is you need to be around more lost people. You need to step out and you need to be around more lost people because, man, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to be good. We're really against God. <clears throat> that, that, that you need to be around the lost world. <clears throat> Not so much as to be, uh, to be swayed by, but, but so much as to be an influence in. So, so that you can share and that you can tell. If you're only always hanging around safe people, there's a problem there. Like, we need to be around the lost world. We need, need to be, because the world needs us. And Jesus has called us to go and share and tell of. So who? Who will that be? Who will that be this year? And I would say it's to be as bold as that. Well, thanks God, like, that's pretty. Yeah, because all you have to do is just open your mouth and tell them. It's not, you don't save them, you don't sway them, you don't convince them. You just share and tell. That's all you do. Just speak of Jesus and who He is and what He's done. And you can do that as simple as like what He's done for you. How He saved and rescued you and where He's found you and how He picked you up out of the pit. It can be that easy. So I don't know what, what God has stirred in your heart as a result of the proclamation of His Word, but my prayer is, man, is that we would be a church that is passionate about telling people about Jesus. That we would speak as the Apostle Paul and that we would feel the weight of and the burden and the responsibility of being a mouthpiece for the resurrected Christ and that we would share and that we would tell. So I don't know what he stirred, but I, mean, I just want to encourage you, if you want to know more about a relationship with Christ, I'll be here. If you want to come pray for, if you want to uh, just stand and worship, whatever it is that God leads you to in this moment, you be obedient because there's always a response to the gospel response that you have to give, either to walk in obedience or to continue in rebellion. So Father, help us hear from this morning you. 
Father, this week as I've listened to and heard the gospel over and over and over in my mind, in my heart, as I've prepped, Father, I've felt the weight and the need to share and tell all the more. And so, Father, we, we've sung songs. We've talked about being yours. We've talked about following you wherever you would go. And, Father, that road is to tell people of you. Help us be as bold as to and to do it in a loving, gracious, kind, caring way. Father, we need you. So we pray. Amen. You stand. You respond as God leads. We'll be here to pray with you or encourage you.